Welcome to Fueled by Grace. My name is Mark Shiver. I'm so glad that you are watching or listening. These video podcasts are really cool because you can watch YouTube or wherever. Uh, you can listen at the website or at Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So uh, got you covered here. And I'm glad the technology exists to get the word of God out in as many possible ways as we can. And I'm glad that uh, us older folks like me are learning how to use that technology. But anyway, that's another story. So it's Easter weekend, and I wanted to drop in and just let you know once more that God loves you. God loves you. As you know, the mission of Fueled by Grace is not to become the biggest ministry on the planet, not to raise more money than anybody else, not to have more likes and, and shares on Facebook. Our mission, quite simply, is to spread the good news that God loves you. That's it. Pretty simple. And yet it is profound. Sometimes telling people that God loves them, you might think, well, that's not very profound, Mark. We, we learned that in Sunday school. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's right. Jesus does love you. But do you really know it? And that, see, th this is the key. This is the question, the, the foundation of why God has me sharing with you that he loves you. Because so many times we allow life to cause us to doubt whether or not God loves us. We allow the things of this world, the failures that we have, the guilt and the shame to, to cause us to feel like, wow, God doesn't love me anymore, or I'm separated from God. You know, there is a teaching that goes around that says, based on 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that we as believers have to confess our sins daily to uh, stay in fellowship with God, to be restored to fellowship with God. How sad, how sad that someone would teach that. It's not true. It's not what that verse says. It's not what the context of the verse is. But there are people that are so hung up on sin and trying to regulate other people's behavior that this is what they get. And, you know, you can't confess all your sins. You'll forget some. Then what do you do? Are you not forgiven for those that you didn't confess? I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a big mess. The truth is that God has forgiven you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And he's forgiven you of all of your sins, past, present, and future. And so you can abide in the love of God, knowing that he loves you and that you're forgiven. And that doesn't mean that you just have a license to sin. That's stupid. You know, he says, if you abide in me and, and, and if I abide in you, my word abides in you, then you'll ask what you will of the Father and it'll be given to you. And he's, Jesus talking about abiding, staying, resting, abiding, just being together, hanging out, right? Abiding. And as we do that, the things of this world become of lesser importance. And so it's not like you're trying to go out and sin. No, you're trying to enjoy the presence of God. And yet we're not taught these things because there are so many people. And I, I believe God is showing me slowly but surely that part of the reason that so many people are hung up on sin in the church, church leaders I'm talking about, is because they want to regulate other people's behavior. They want to tell other people what to do. They want to have control over other people. And quite frankly, this might sting a little bit, but it's because of their own failures, right? 
they can make themselves feel better uh, if they're judging other people and telling other people what to do. That's a topic for a whole nother discussion. Today, we have good news. Jesus, the son of God, died for your sins. He hung on a cross and he died. He was buried. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, a stone tomb that was hewn, uh, carved, cut out of rock. And he was laid in there and he rose from the dead. He's not there anymore. Jesus, the son of God, is not there. He is not there. He's the only leader of any major religion that you can go to their tomb, and he's not there. You can find all the mothers, Buddha, Muhammad, everybody else. Their tombs aren't empty, but the tomb of Jesus, the son of the living God, is empty because he rose from the dead. How significant is that? It's amazing. Nobody else has ever done that, and yet he was the first to do it, and now we're going to get to do it uh, and, and spend eternity with him. In fact, this will blow your mind. We have already been raised. Read the Bible in the, the, the writings of the Apostle Paul, that we were crucified with Christ, buried with him, and we have risen with him, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. It's amazing. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so as we go throughout our day, instead of being, oh man, I just feel terrible. I feel guilty. I'm so, I'm so lost. I'm such a loser. You know, I looked at something on the internet. I should not have looked at. I said something I shouldn't have. No, Father God, thank you. Thank you that even in my humanity, God, you love me and you don't leave me and you stay with me and you care for me and nothing can separate me from your love. And God, I thank you that you're giving me the strength not to be uh, giving in to temptation. You know, you'll grow, you'll grow and it'll be awesome instead of this guilt thing that is so often laid on us by well-intentioned people in the church I think they're trying to get people to just to do better, and that's fine. But again, I think a lot of it is motivated by insecurity on the part of those very leaders. And I'm sorry to say that, but it, well, no, I'm not. It's true. God loves you. God loves you today. And you'd say, Mark, why is it so important for you to keep yammering on about God loving me? Because nothing matters more. If you can understand as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ that God loves you, if you can begin to walk in that reality, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you will be a different person. You will be changed. You will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You will be able to uh, fellowship with God, hear his voice, spend time with him, not feeling like, oh boy, God's mad at me. I got to go hide, you know, like Adam and Eve. They they hid, uh, they made uh, uh, leaves and, and sewed themselves little outfits to, to hide their nakedness. And oh my goodness, we don't need to hide from God. We run into his loving arms and he runs toward us. Look at the story of the prodigal son. Have you thought about what dad was doing? He was looking down the road. We all think about that. I've heard so many sermons and they always point out, well, the father was looking afar off 
and he saw his son afar off. But the story doesn't stop. He started running. He started running. And God will run to you with his arms open wide and with a, a ring and shoes and a, and a coat, the best coat, and put them on you to reinforce in your heart and mind that you are his child and nothing can separate you from the father's love. Oh, what great love the father has bestowed upon us. God loves you so much. His heart beats with love for you passionately. God is passionate about his love for you. And, you know, it says our God is a flaming fire. I, I think we can, we can rest assured that the fire that God burns with is his love for humanity, for his creation. A lot of people say, well, he, he burns with the fire of holiness. And I don't disagree with that. But, you know, to be holy, the Bible uses the word holy. And if you go back and translate it, it means other, other. God is other. And so his holiness, his otherness is rooted in this passion, this amazing love that he has for us. And it's so cool. As you think about the empty tomb, as you think about he is risen, he is risen, he is not here. Why seek you the living among the dead, the angel said. When you think about that, Think about the fact that he's alive, he's full of power, and he loves you. And his love will change your life. It will pull you out of the deepest, darkest despair that you may have been encountering. It will help you overcome sin. It will help you be strong. It will help you walk in the favor and the power and the goodness and the might of God. The love of God, which gives us his grace and righteousness will help us to reign, be victorious. Look, life is not easy. It is never easy. So, well, sometimes it's easier than others. You're laying at the beach, enjoying the sun. That's, that's pretty good. But we all have challenges and struggles. And, you know, there's medical things to concern ourselves with sometimes. There's money. There's relationship with family and friends. And it goes on and on and on. But God is consistent. He never changes, the Bible says, and he loves us, and he loves you today. Receive his love. As you think about the empty tomb, think about his love for you, because it is the very, very foundation of what Easter is all about, the love of your heavenly Father being extended towards you in forgiveness, in righteousness, in grace, making you a new creation, giving you a new heart, a pure heart that doesn't sin, and opening a door that you can walk into the kingdom of heaven and be seated with Christ in heavenly places, and you can have relationship with God by his Holy Spirit. You can commune with him always, as often as you can, you can spend time with him, not in a forced way, you know, where, oh my goodness, we gotta, gotta have our devotion and it becomes a labor. No, you wake up and you think, wow, God loves me. 
God loves me. Hey, God. Hey, Father. I love you today. I just thank you that you love me. And we're going to have a great day. God, I know that you love me and you care about me and you're going to lead me. You're going to lead me, God. You're going to help me uh, to, to be victorious. And all of these things that Jesus said, don't worry about. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about provision. You just lay them at his feet. And you say, God, I know that you love me and I thank you. I thank you that you meet my needs. And I thank you that you lead me not into temptation, but that you deliver me from evil, dear God. Thank you. Thank you, dear God, for your great, great love. Folks, it's time to turn. It's time to repent. Repent means to change our minds. We need to change our minds from looking at God as a, as a mean old hateful uh, entity and seeing him as a loving father who's running towards us, running towards us with a heart full of love. The tomb is empty, brothers and sisters, because God loves you and he loves me. So let's rejoice this Easter and the great, awesome, fierce love of God that he has for us that never ends. It never ends. And remember, folks, God loves you.